Hi guys, we are back with this week's guest, Maryam Roth, uh, to talk about how does what you create reflect you? Um, I'm a content creator. Most of you guys out there are content creators, whether you're creating on Instagram, Twitter, whether you're fellow podcasters, artists, or what have you. And I think it's just something that's uh, interesting to ask ourselves when we're creating content. Um, and it's also a good kind of thought exercise when you're looking at the content you consume online. Um, why did these people create it? What What are they creating it for? What was the purpose of it? Um, so yeah, it's a very interesting episode, at least from my perspective. So hope you enjoy. And uh, yeah, listen in. And we're back with Medium. <laughs> we literally just took a 30 second break because we were like so in the conversation. And I actually didn't want to take too long of a break because I'm really into this conversation. Um, so we'll start with question one. How has what you've created uh, reflected you so far? Um, it has reflected the layers below the ones I have peeled. But I think there are more layers I have yet to uncover. And I think what I have uncovered, at least, reflects um, uh, my fears, my struggles, my desires, my curiosity. It's uh, uh, what I care about when I think about. I think that's what it's reflected. That makes sense. Because, I mean, we had the conversation yeah. before we went to the interview. And I was like, basically, when I create a season, it's like, what, what's going through my head? What are the topics I want to discuss? Yeah. What do I care about the time? Um, do you think it's important that I guess the content you create reflects you? For me, it's important. I don't know if it is for everyone. And why <clears throat> is it important for you, I guess? Because what I consider to be truth is important to me. Hmm. Uh, I. I that's it, really. I think it's just because truth is important for me. Okay. I mean, of course, there's a whole argument around what is the truth and is there such a thing as the truth, but... It's your truth at that yeah, moment. Yeah, what I consider to be truthful. I guess the question is, because, I mean, now with everyone um, being content, content creator at yeah. this point, right? Um, in one shape or another, whether you're big on Twitter or on Instagram or YouTube or you're an artist or what have you. Um, and I guess with everyone being a content creator, uh, do you think that the people, you know, regionally creating content, do you think the content reflects them as people? No, I don't. And why do you say that? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the content we create reflects, um, it reflects our motives. Mm. It reflects what we want to achieve. It reflects what we want to resolve, see more of or less of. It reflects the solution, our solution to the problem. I think that's what it is. And what's some, the problem? Well, some. <laughs> it depends. I mean, right. I don't think everybody's very uh, cognizant nor honest about what the problem may be. But some are motivated by money, fame, belonging, uh, reflecting a persona that closely aligns with the image they wish to portray. I am a badass. I am a messiah. I am whatever that may be, because mm. that is their solution to the problem. Others are motivated by discovery, by truth, by um, connection. And because that is their solution to the problem. Um, 
but I think it will, you know, each artist comes with or will express his work through a medium, um, a genre that suits him. Some, it could be comedy, uh, podcasts, um, Mm -hmm. um, expressing hard facts, like the impact we have on our planet, whatever it may be. But I think it differs from one artist to another, depending on the skills that they have harnessed as a result of their direct experiences. But no, I don't think the content we create reflects who we are. I think it reflects the solution. To what we're trying to, to be. To the, to the problem that we feel. I mean, whatever that problem is. And I don't think, I actually think if you look a little closely and mindfully, you'll be able to detect what that person's problem is, whether it's mm-hmm. a sense of abandonment, whatever it may be. I mean, Hitler is a great example. I, I love you referencing that guy in so many different conversations, but I think his problem was a sense of inferiority. Mm-hmm. Uh, his solution was to be a savior, the guy who's going to cleanse the race and uh, um, put an end to the suffering. Um, I think his motivation was power. And I think his medium was politics. But you won't see so directly that his problem was a sense of inferiority. Right. So I don't think everybody is very clear on what their problem is nor honest about it. But you can see what their solution to the problem is. Through the content that they're creating. Yeah. Interesting. So. When creating a piece of content, mm-hmm. how do you, in the process, cultivate awareness of the impact that piece of content could have? Because, I mean, in part one, we discussed how your what you create impacts people differently, um, mm. depending on who they are and depending on what you're creating at that moment. So how do I cultivate awareness? Mm-hmm. By paying attention to how I feel. Um, if I feel expansive mm-hmm. and that I'm paving the way to a more truthful and integrated sense of self, even if what I'm integrating into my conscious awareness is uh, self-destructive traits about myself, then I know I'm on the right path because it's honest. Mm-hmm. And, and there's something very empowering about being honest. If I stray from the path, then I see it as, as an opportunity to figure out what went wrong with my compass and and actually write about it interesting yeah but no, I, I think that, yeah. like like i don't create for me creating is is an existential remedy it's it's a way for me to make sense of my existence it's not a way to heal or become a better person or be loved or um or fix what went wrong it's really a way for me to exist to know how to exist in this world. It's kind of your wayfinding. It's yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good wayfinding. Yeah, I'll yeah, use yeah. that next time. Yeah. Mm. No, I I get that because I think like when I'm creating in the podcasting space, for example, I feel like you said very expansive. I love it. Mm. Um, I call it like painting with sound, <laughs> mm. especially when we're doing some of our more creative um work uh but then for example when again we're a company so then we have like social media and like instagram and twitter and all that and when i'm working on that i just feel like death because it's just so not anything that i feel linked to or related to or um 
or it doesn't feel authentic for me exactly. as a way of expressing myself. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> uh, and so for me, I just find it extremely draining and unnecessary. And it's usually like, it's like putting gas in my car. I do it because I have to, but if I yeah. did it, like, my car just ran itself, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. I mean? um, so no, I get, I get that. Um, Abandon the car, just go cycling. Oh, trust me, the, the <laughs> abandoning of the car is happening very soon. Okay. <laughs> it's happening very, yeah. very soon. Um, okay, so this is a question that I really wanted to kind of bring up um, because it's something that sounds I feel scary. Like it, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's just it's it's something that bugs me, but I feel like gets asked a lot as if it's kind of this inspirational question. Oh, okay. um, and the question is, what is the legacy you want to leave behind? Yeah. And I don't like that question. Yeah. And I think I don't like that question because I think like it's a question that plays very much to the ego mm-hmm. of like when in this, you know, in this future far away from now, um, like how do you want people to remember you? And then we've used, I mean, I used to work in leadership development with like older generation people. And it's a great question to, you know, if you really want to get someone in their 60s to think about what they're doing with their life. Cause like they're getting old and they're getting up they're there. And they, really wanna, they really want to like turn that ship around. You know yeah. I mean? yeah. But I just, I hate that question. I think for, for people like in our generation, cause I think it's so much about the ego of like, Oh, how do I want to be remembered? And I think a, a better question would be like, I'm one of people that likes to think of like, what's the impact I'm creating like right now every day. Rather than like, what do I want to be rem- remembered for when I'm dead and like mm-hmm. decades from now? Um, so I guess my question to you is legacy versus impact. And what are your thoughts on that? Well, when it comes to legacy, I, I often wonder what's the point of legacy if I'm not going to be around to enjoy it. Um, when it comes to impact, uh, again, I think of the impact I'm having on my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, not so much others. Okay. Yeah. So if I am being true to my path, if if the discovery of what seems true to me is what I want to do and the creative expression of it feels true to me, um, then I'm assuming I'll have, it'll have a ripple effect anyway, you know, on others. But I tend to think of the impact what I do will have on me, uh, unless it's harmful, of course. <laughs> so, I mean, there's certain things that I'm pretty clear on as I stand today. I mean, I'll, I won't promote Coca-Cola no matter how much they pay me. Mm-hmm. KFC, I won't promote it no how much they pay me. But where I stand with right and wrong is constantly evolving. Um, ask me a few years ago, maybe I would have, you know. Uh, so... I take it back to myself again, because I think if I could summarize uh, the impact I want to have on my life, it would be uh, to have more moments of being than not being. Those are Virginia Woolf's words, not mine. Okay. I was not good. Thanks for the quote. (laughs) I'll use that. Um, But how did you go about figuring out that's the impact that you wanted to have? There's something that feels a little um, self-important and pretentious about thinking of the impact that I'm going to have on other people. Mm -hmm. Like I'm this, you know, big deal. 
Uh, I think that's part of it. Uh, I think the second thing is, I don't want other people to influence what I create. Mm -hmm. I don't want their praise to influence what I create. I think that's the second thing. And I guess, what was the process? The reason I ask this is because, mm -hmm. and the reason I ask about the process is because I think about how I was in my 20s, let's say, mm -hmm. and the ego that came with the impact I wanted to leave on the world, right? Because mm -hmm. you have to leave a legacy and you have to leave an impact and you have to build this and you have to affect this many people and, and all that. Yeah. Um, and then I look at my life now and like I'll be, I don't know, hanging out with my friends and playing with their kids. And that means more to me than, you know, like making their kids giggle means yeah. more to me than anything, yeah. <laughs> anything else. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it's just that, um, that removal of ego yeah. and that removal of sense of I'm going to leave my mark upon the world. Um, and you might very well do, but... I try not to think about that. I just think about how I feel mm -hmm. when I'm in the process of creating. And so a lot of what I do, in fact, many decisions I take are driven by what will um, enable or what, yeah, what will optimize the quality of my ideas. Mm -hmm. That's, everything is ruled by that. Well, optimize the quality. So what's, um, for someone... For the listeners out there, what would be a takeaway for them when they're thinking about the impact or how to figure out the impact that they want to kind of create? I might not be the right person to ask, right? <laughs> um, but you're the one here in front of me, so yeah. I'm going to ask you. <laughs> Leverage the moment. Uh, I think um, I, I shy away from giving advice, but mm -hmm. I can tell you what has worked for me. Yeah. Um, first of all, I pay attention to what I feel. Mm. in order for me to know whether what I'm reflecting is what I feel. Um, secondly, I'd say acceptance is, uh, is huge for me. Uh, and, and that includes accepting my lack of self-acceptance, um, an honest confrontation with myself, with my faults, um, and the consequences of those, those faults. And, and I'm not saying approving of them, but just acknowledging them, you know, and then the third is um, really trying to align what I create or make sure there is alignment between what I create and, and what I feel. Mm. Because we pick up a lot from our surroundings and I try to make sure, or at least I pay attention to whether what I'm releasing reflects what I feel or am I adopting a trend or the socially prevailing persona of our time. Uh, so I really pay a lot of attention to that. And lastly, <clears throat> I think this has been crucial for me. It's uh, getting comfortable with rejection. The more, if I'm going to post something or create something and release it that I know many people will not like it, mm -hmm. but it's really true to what I feel and I release it, then I know I'm good. I'm in a good place. Okay. Because... Well, I think that um, if if I if the only thing I put out in the world is what I know will get me a compliment or a fire emoji or whatever, then I know I'm on the path to retardation. Right. You know. So, um, 
I'm not I'm not against seeking validation. I think we all do in, in different ways, but it cannot be the driving force for me. It cannot be the place from which I create. If it's the driving force, that means that I will be operating from the layers above what I genuinely think and feel, and I will be tailoring my work to validate those layers. Mm. So I pay attention to that. You know, in some cases I'll I'll get I'll um discover that there are elements of validation seeking in what I'm doing. And so what I'll do then is kind of rearrange its place in the grid, make sure it's on the bottom of my priorities. Mm. And in the event where I've it's too late, I've already shared something, I'm like, shit, that was coming from the wrong place. Yeah. Um <clears throat> which to be honest hasn't happened in my years, but uh, in the event that it does, uh, that's when I say, I, I actually beat myself up about it. So I'm not, this, that's why I'm saying yeah. this is not advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is what I do. And, and I try to learn from it and figure out, you know, what is it that I'm needing? And then I use that as an opportunity again to write about it. So that's an interesting question. How do you take a critical lens to the content you've created? Like if you're looking at like the content you've created, I don't know, in the past year and stuff, what are some of the questions that you would ask yourself to kind of see whether or not that content reflects you, whether you feel like something you should have kind of done? I don't know. Like, It's, it's really just that. It's, yeah. it's, it's, does this reflect what I really feel? Um, and if I've posted it a year ago, did it reflect what I felt a year ago? Mm. And not today, that's fine. But it reflected what I felt then. That's really all I care about. Okay. Yeah. It makes it simple. My no. life is easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't have too many. I don't have many. Um, um, the way I measure my success is very simple. It's, which is? Which is, was it truthful? Was it truthful? Yeah. And, and what excites me is um, the number of epiphanies I have. Uh, th- these are the ways I measure yeah. my success, you know, how, how I felt, uh, like how far into the river, river of consciousness did I swim and the thrill of converting or transforming a conundrum into a lucid art form. You know, that's, that's what I get off on. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, so any last advice for people who are creating content out there or before we jump into our last three questions. No, I don't think I've that. that is true. <laughs> you have mentioned that. Um, uh, what, what made a huge difference for me mm-hmm. was really getting comfortable with the aspects of myself that are not, uh, are, would be considered disagreeable. It's those those things I mentioned, Mm. paying attention to what I feel, acceptance, aligning um, uh, my content with what's true to me, and lastly, getting comfortable with rejection. So those aspects of yourself that would be considered disagreeable, (laughs) how did you go about kind of tackling those? Um, I don't think I tackled them. I simply acknowledged them. Uh, and acknowledge the consequences of them. So I recognize that what I'm creating is not uh, going to win me a lot of brownie points. It's not for mass appeal, like I had mentioned earlier. And 
And I had to get really comfortable with that because mm. the alternative is, you know, something like, hey, guys, many of you have been asking me about my skin routine or something, <laughs> you know, like that. Or yeah. here are seven steps on how to be happy or some super sort of badass, rappy R&B music video. I mean, that's not what I do. It's not real to who I am, even yeah. if it's if it's popular. Mm. So the I'm just, sorry, I just imagined you doing an R and B video. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Does it just, work? <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. Um, so, and I and that I kind of found my peace with that. I'm not saying it's not a struggle, but it's it's where I want to create from. I like that. What do I want to create from? Or where do I want to create mm. from? So, what's one word you use to describe yourself in your internal dialogue that you don't say out loud? I honestly don't think there isn't, there's a word I wouldn't say out loud. Um, or that you don't say out loud often, let's say. Mm. Lately, it's been dumbass. But I tell you why. Okay. I have incorporated. Um, uh, a brain training app mm-hmm. uh, into my daily routine. Okay. It's called Lumosity. Interesting. And what it does is improve your attention, memory, uh, problem solving, speed of processing. And so, yeah, I've been calling myself a dumbass, dumbass quite a bit lately because it's quite challenging. Because you can't like no, solve there's some it? things. Yeah, some of it are different. Like it comes in stages and levels. Yeah. And uh, uh, so I've been playing it almost daily. I've allocated a chunk of my time to it. Why do you feel like you need to work on the brain training? <laughs> I, for me, I feel like Dubai dumbs you down. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So um, I want to uh, prevent Channel. that from happening. Okay. <laughs> but I also enjoy it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, if you're going to play a game on your phone, it might as well give you something. Yeah. It's on my laptop, actually. Oh, really? I take it seriously. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Interesting. All right. Um, what's the side of you that you would like to step into more? Um, one is activism but given my gender Saudi Mm -hmm. uh, my sorry my my nationality my gender um, my country of residence I'm being mindful with that Mm -hmm. Uh, so the second thing I'd say is I'd like to step into my body more I don't feel grounded in it Mm -hmm. I think I've traveled too far away from it, um, living in uh, an ethereal space of uh, the non-physical realm of creativity and mystery and particles and atoms and epiphany, I think eats away at your muscle mass <laughs> uh, in that um, you, you run the risk of disintegration if you don't, if you don't have an anatomy and if you don't function as a physical body in the physical world. You run the risk of disintegration because you don't have enough <clears throat> matter to pull you down, to moor you back to the harbor of life. It's hard um, to be present if you're constantly just like out in the ether almost. Well, it's just it's so much more enjoyable being in a contemplative state of mind, uh, playing yeah. with the gods, you know. Yeah. Uh, but as Ernest Becker said, uh, we are gods with anuses. i'm loving the quotes um you mentioned i guess your location and your nationality and and things like that 
Um, but you used to be in the UK, if I'm not mistaken, right? What kind of, I guess, what's keeping you here if you feel like you're feeling restrict, restricted here? Well, I've, I've created a nice little haven for myself. I have a wonderful garden. I don't really see many people. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I have a, a, a cool creative space. I even have a little recording studio. So I, I've made it work for me for now. But the reason I'm here is uh, partly because um, uh, I'm with someone who needs to be here for now. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I have a couple of pets and I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to just move them unless... Yeah. You know, we found the next destination. Right. We're going to stay there for a while. Makes sense. Um, Makes sense. But also because I think the reason I at least came, mm-hmm. uh, it may not be the reason that keeps me, but the reason I came is um, it's fertile land here, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, it's a great place to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last question is, what's your favorite childhood memory and why? That's a cute question. Um my, in my childhood, when I lived in Ibiza mm-hmm. with my father, and many of the elements were there, uh, the color of the soil, the smell of the trees, uh, the sea, ice cream kiosks everywhere. Um, in a sense of independence, I was independent from a very young age. I'd, I'd look forward to going and buying breakfast for my dad or custard-filled pastry and lots of animals around and friends, cousins. I drew a lot. I danced a lot. <clears throat> wow. So. At what age was this? Uh, young. Uh, um, well, we've been going back and forth. Uh, we had been going back and forth for quite some time throughout my uh, early years of my childhood. But um, I'd say between the age of like four and seven, mm, especially. Okay. And I'm very grateful to those years because uh, they give me something to fall back on or they give me a good reference point to what a good life feels like okay amazing well that's (laughs) it thank you we're done thank you so much Maryam, for joining us on this episode thank you and sharing so many interesting quotes and thoughts (laughs) (laughs) yeah that I'm going to be reusing over and over again. <laughs> By the way, the Virginia Woolf one wasn't a quote. It's just I used some of her words. So, uh, okay. Okay. Cool. Rephrased. Cool. All right. I'll <laughs> yeah. remember that. Um, so, where can people find out more about you? Of course, we'll put all the links, but just so for um, those listening, it's uh, through my YouTube channel, um, also through uh, my Instagram, but I'm, I just want to manage expectations. I'm not very active on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also through my website. Okay. All links will be in the episode description for anyone who wants to check it out. Thanks to everyone for listening. As always, I love your comments and messages, so keep them coming. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer, and Rami, or wherever you're listening. And this is the season finale, guys. So I can't say join me next week for another episode because this is it. Uh, So take care. Bye. Oh, bye. (laughs) 